Hey friend, before we get into today's episode, I have a question for you. Actually, I have a couple. Do you long to let go of expectations, obligations, and distractions? Do you long to live with more peace, presence, and purpose? And do you wish you could do less and live more? Then I want to invite you to a new mini course called Do Less, Live More. It's going live in September, and then you'll be able to access it via replay. On it, I'll give you my five-step roadmap to get you on your way to doing less of what doesn't matter so you can live more of what does. But seats are limited, so make sure to go and get your ticket at lissafiggins.com forward slash more. In the course, you'll learn how to clarify your one thing to focus on that will make the biggest difference in your life. You'll learn to create space and break free from the distractions. And you'll learn to commit to creating a plan and taking action on the right things. Do you want to reach your destination and enjoy the journey? Then you don't want to miss out on this. Remember, we'll be live in September, and after that, replays will be available. So go get all the info and your ticket at lissafiggins.com forward slash more. Now let's get to today's episode. What's a girl to do to identify her passions, to reignite her spark so she uses the time she has well? That's what we're going to rethink on this episode. But first, I want to invite you to check out our new Be Well Club. If you found wellness to be complicated with all the advice out there or all that's on your plate, you'll definitely want to join us. We're working together on wellness in every area of our life and making it simple. Join me for a free Be Well webinar where I'll share six daily habits plus the one key to finally making it stick. You can RSVP for the link at lissafiggins.com forward slash be well or just click the link in the show notes. And did you hear the news? The best part of the conversation is now happening after the episode in my Facebook community called Women Repurposed After 40. You can find the link in the show notes to join us for all the fun and extra goodies. And if you enjoyed this podcast and think it would add value for someone else, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a review at podchaser.com. I'll drop the link in the show notes or on your favorite podcast platform. Before we get into our conversation today, I want to pause and give a huge shout out to our view of the week from Blue Picks, who shared, great advice. I especially like the idea of doing what you love and what comes easily when thinking about transitioning into your second half of life. Thanks so much, Blue Picks. Your support helps us share this message with more women like you, and your name will go in our monthly drawing. So you may be asking, what's a girl to do if she wants to get her name in the drawing? I'm so glad you asked. There are two simple ways. One, leave a review on podchaser.com or two, screenshot an episode, post on social and tag me at Lissa Figgins. Now let's rethink our passions. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Luann Beekler. She's aka the little spark. You'll hear about that in just a minute but she's a certified facilitator of the passion test. And she uses that to ignite the spark in women. She's an author, a master trainer, a transformation speaker. And I love this about her. She believes that just a little spark can make a huge impact. So Luann, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And I'm gonna start off with asking you to share a little bit about your journey to how you got to this place of igniting the spark in women. It, it's a long story. I'll try and keep it short. Actually started my career um, in the hotel industry um, when I was in high school and 
trying to figure out what college I was going to, uh, my dad said, well, it might help you figure out a college if you knew what you were going to be when you grow up, you know? And I kind of looked at him funny, like, what? Like, I'm supposed to be a teacher like you, dad. And he's like, no, 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 go do something else. Now, this is how people who love us support us. Out of the love in his heart, having raised seven children on a teacher's salary back in the day, he was like, I want more for you. So go do something else. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I never thought about anything else. I was supposed to follow in dad's footsteps. Um, But my boyfriend at the time, his father was in the hotel industry. And I knew if I went to hotel school that I could get a scholarship from his company. So I made that shift and went into the hotel business. And then he came and lectured at our uh, the university I was at. And he was teaching the hotel business to other people while working in it. And I went, hmm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn the hotel business and then I'm going to teach it. So this whole teaching thing kept coming up for me. I didn't didn't do that. Instead, I soon became a wife and a mother and the hotel business is a 24-7 operation. And I'm like, that's too much. I'm tired of missing holidays and things with my kids. So I went to work for the Mayo Clinic. They were one of my major clients here in Rochester, Minnesota, as I was in the hotel business. I said, hey, you guys get to work nine to five. I'm going to come work with you. And I got a meeting planning position in the School of Continuing Medical Education. So it was still doing the similar kind of things I was doing in the hotel business, just on the other side of the table. And that was good until, oh, guess what? Got a divorce. Now I'm a single mom with two kids. And Mm -hmm. they said, hey, we want to give you a raise and make you a supervisor in the school. And I'm like, okay, but I still want to plan the meetings because that's the fun part for me. And at first they said yes. And of course I took the job because I needed the money as a single mom now to do this and uh, soon became very um, unhappy because they took all the meeting planning away from me. And all I was doing was managing 25 other people who got to do what I love to do. And so I decided at one point that that this was not good and I was going to leave. And I made a year deal with them that In the next year, I'd complete some projects we needed to get done and they could hire a new supervisor and I would train that person and then I was out. Um, But um, I didn't look for a job in that year. (laughs) I didn't look for a job because I was interviewing companies to take over the logistical planning at Mayo. And those were all the companies I would interview with. And I'm like, that seems out of integrity to Mm -hmm. be interviewing them to get this big deal with Mayo Clinic and then interview to be employed by them. It just didn't feel right to me. Well, what happened, and I I can only look back and tell you this was a good thing, is I left Mayo Clinic without a job in sight, but it was this, and so I was unemployed for a period of time. I was decompressing from the stress and anxiety of that position, and my dad took ill. Mm -hmm. And it's now a blessing that I was unemployed while my dad was on his journey to the next life. And so I feel blessed that I got to be there with him. I had all the time in the world to sit with him and so forth. Um, And then I took a job that fall when all that was done, when I was done grieving, when I wasn't really done, I'm still not done. But anyway, (laughs) when when I was um, getting through the grief, I took the first job that came available because here again, single mom, I got to take care of my kids. And I got a job with a travel agent 
But that travel agent um, position, we were going to start a new meeting planning division out of her travel agency. And I was networking and I found a little organization called BNI, Business Network mm-hmm. International. Many people know it. And that's, they only had to say two words to me, givers gain. And I'm like, I want to live like that. I want to be like that. Yeah. These are my people. This is my tribe. And so I joined BNI. I was um, only with that travel agent for six months. And I looked around the room in my BNI chapter and I said, you know what? It doesn't matter that I now have no job. I'm going to start my own business because I know these people in this room are going to help me be successful, not only from the premise of referrals, but from the very fact that they knew other things in business that I didn't know, right? I'd been working for a corporation, an institution for many years. And so I'm like, I'll figure it out with the help of these people, my family, my BNI family. And so in 2005, I created my LLC and here I am still, what, 17 years later? <laughs> and and probably not looking back and wanting to go back to working for someone else, right? No, I made mean, that was a commitment a long time ago. Like, I, I never want to work for someone else and I never want to have employees. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> so right. tell us, what are you doing today? How are you serving? What is your, what is your business and what does it involve? So um, after I joined BNI, I got the pleasure of meeting Dr. Ivan Meisner, the founder and CEO. CFO now, Chief Visionary Officer. Anyway, and um, he passed me a referral. He passed me a referral to a little organization called the Transformational Leadership Council, where Mm -hmm. I became one of their meeting planning uh, support team for the last 14 years. And I started absorbing all their messages. We meet twice a year in fabulous places around the world. And I hear all these transformational messages and the tools they use and how they support people and the seminars they give and so forth. I've been a part of those. And I just kept absorbing those messages and picked up on the passion test. One really spoke to my heart. I'm like, again, just like the givers gain philosophy of BNI. I'm like, I want to live like that. I want to live following my passions and knowing that everything is in its perfect order and it's going to work out. And, you know, Life is beautiful and magic happens and the universe provides. It's here to support us, not to hurt us. It's here to support us. And just when you look at it from the right perspective, and truly, Lisa, it is perspective. It is about your perspective on the world. And what the world teaches us is a really negative perspective. That's what our news media gives us day in and day out, over and over. It's what our politicians are doing, right? We're getting this negative, negative, negative. And all the passion test is, is learning to focus on the positive. Learning to focus on the positive. Believe in that you have a purpose, right? Repurposed after 40. Believe that you have a purpose and get into the flow of living that. So the actual subtitle... The subtitle of the book, The Passion Test, it is a bestseller, by the way, is The Effortless Path to Your Life's Purpose. Mm. And it's a simple yet powerful system to help you stay focused on that which you care most about, your passions, and live in that flow and sort of be able to sort through all this around you and go, just get into my flow and I'm good. Right. (laughs) Right. I love that. And then everyone gets a better you because when you're doing what's fulfilling to you and what you truly believe is your purpose and you're passionate about, 
yes, it's work, but it doesn't feel the same as, you know, the, oh, I have to go to work and I have to, you know, do with this person when we're an employee, what they're telling us to do. Uh, you know, but I think a lot of people don't really pay attention to what their, their passions are. I and mean, it's interesting when you were young, you know, you weren't really thinking about what your passions were. And for me, I followed my parents into education as well. Uh, by choice, I had a little stint that I thought I was going to do something else. And then I thought, no, this is a better place. But for me, that turning point really came at 40 when it was time to kind of re-enter the workforce, quote unquote, or, or figure out a way to, you know, number one, do something purposeful, and number two, create some income, that I really started asking that question, like, what am I passionate about? And, you know, what is the thing that I'm that I would love to do rather than just have to do? So do you feel like many people are aware, whether it's, you know, younger in their 20s or even those of us who are 40 and beyond, that people are aware and really thinking through what their passions are? I think that many people think they are, but yet they are not. I mean, mm. tell they, me more about that. And I think it's about, they say, they'll say, oh, I know what I'm passionate about. And I go, really, you know, tell me. And then they really can't articulate it, you know? And so it's about the work of the passion is about helping people to articulate it. And we help them to identify their top five passions so that you can hold those in your memory on a regular basis, right? It's kind yes. of like the strength finder. Are you familiar with the strength finder, Alyssa? Yes. yes. Um, so the strength finder is a test that you take and it finds your top five strengths. I have no idea how that test works, but I believe in it. And I know my top five strengths. The passion test is not a test. It's a process that I facilitate people through in order to mm -hmm. identify their top five passions. I call the mm -hmm. strength finder the scientific methodology at getting at who you are, right? Sort of the logical, I'm answering questions. And the passion test is the heart and soul methodology of getting at who God designed you to be. And when you put the two pieces together, it's a powerhouse of knowledge of just who God designed you to be and just go do that. And you're yeah. at such peace when you're doing what you are meant to be doing, when you're living that purpose it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean that every day is blissful, although everyone would love to believe that. But because you know your purpose and you know your passions, you know you're honoring that, whatever life throws at you, you keep clearly focused on that and you can keep getting back on track, even if it throws you off. You know, it's like it's like a rapids in a river or boulders that get in your way in the river. The river just flows around it, right? And gets through. And that's what this is about. And that's what I want to help people do is live in that space of flow with what they love to do, their purposes. And so I talk to people a lot about the, the words of purpose and destiny and fate. Are these all the same thing? There's definitely a lot of overlap in there and, and it probably comes into what our perspective of that is, which takes me back to that something you said earlier about it really is a matter of perspective because that same boulder can go in one person's river and they respond in one way because of their perspective and that same boulder can come in someone else's river and they respond in a different way and their life takes a whole different direction. And so I think having that right perspective, I'm reading a book right now. And one of the quotes that they just were talking about was what the, they were talking about two dogs. There was like the, 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 the good dog and the bad dog. I can't remember the word, the wording of they did it, but you know, and, and how do you get rid of the bad one? Well, you don't feed it, you know? And so you feed the one that you want to grow and that you want to stay around. Right. And how often do we feed the negative? Like you were talking about earlier and, you know, then we don't have that happening. So one of the things that I love, go ahead. 
it's totally the stories we tell in our head. It's the stories we tell ourselves in our head and it's all going on in here. We often blame it on things out here, but it's really going on in here. So what are the stories that you're telling yourself? Is it true? Those stories in your mind, you know, you can tell yourself that the outcome is going to be negative and worry and worry and worry about that. Well, you're, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're going to create that, right? So if you tell yourself the positive outcome that's going to come out of that instead and start looking towards that more likely that you're going to get that positive outcome or something different, but, you know, tell yourself the positive story. Right. I call them green light stories and red light stories. And and, and life is always going to happen, right? It, It may not always be like what we've just come out of, you know, and are coming out of now where it affects the whole world, but things happen in our life. And I think there are, there are things that diminish that spark, you know, maybe at one point in our life, we did have, you know, a a great spark and flame going where we had passions and things that we were really pursuing. And then, you know, life happens. So what are some things that maybe sometimes get in the way or happen in life that kind of diminish that, that spark? And then we'll talk about how to move beyond that. Well, it's, um, major life changes, a divorce, a loss, um, loss of a job, loss of a family member, what have you, that can bring you down. And I'm quite honestly, a little bit in that space right now, myself, my mother is currently in hospice and transitioning to her afterlife. And I feel an emptiness. So the good news is I'm consciously aware of it. So this is one step to be, to be able to come consciously aware of what you're feeling and what's going on. And rather than shove it down or try and push it away, acknowledge it and be with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I even got on my business coaching call um, earlier this week. And I, and I said to my group, I'm like, this is what's going on in my life. I can't be here, but somehow I needed permission from you as my business group to say, go be with your mom. Your business will be there when you come back. And I just needed that little bit of permission from my support group, from my coach. And we need those people in our lives. And that's exactly what they did for me. And then proceeded to follow up with text messages and Facebook and things like that, just to help uplift me and pray for me and my family. It's been awesome. So conscious awareness of my own feeling of emptiness already existing. I've been caring for mom for years um, Mm. with my brother. And uh, it's like, whoa. Like, I won't have to go to her house every Saturday. No, change the language, Luann. I won't get to go to her house every Saturday and make dinner for her anymore. And so a big gap is coming. And I know I'm going to have to journey through that. But I do know, too, I have the support system to do that in my transformational family, in my BNI family. Um, I'm surrounded by people who think in the world, the mindset of transformation and how to pass through these times and bring back that spark. And I know that on the other side, again, my business will be waiting for me. My mm-hmm. passions, my ideals will be there and probably even stronger because yeah. even though there's a void, there's also an open space, an yes. open space for me to blossom and do all that I want to do. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. <laughs> and I, I will just tell you, I was sitting here thinking about this. 
the women that I interview on here, most of them have come through something difficult or challenging in their life. And that what that is what has drawn them to what they're doing now and the way that they're serving. And this, this repurposing of a difficult circumstance, a hard circumstance, a, you know, so they wouldn't have chosen, but that has now created them into who they are today and how they can better serve the people that they're connecting with. Because if life is always rainbows and unicorns, it's really hard for people to relate to you and feel like, yeah, you get me, right? So I think that that can be a beautiful thing. So if someone well, is listening, maybe, go ahead. Lisa, that is another conscious awareness we all need to have is that even those difficult things that happen, no matter how horrific they seem to be, we're here to teach us something. They're here to help us become who we chose to become. We said we want to experience these things when we were put on this planet. Sort of uh, one of my mentors has a conversation about the bus stop. And when you're at the bus stop, you're making a deal with God or whatever higher power you Um, look up to and say, this is what I need to experience. This is what I need to learn for myself. And we sort of chose this path. And so acknowledging that and going, okay, what is it that I was meant to learn from this? You know, my hardest thing with my mom right now is that, you know, they always say it's in her time. She'll leave this planet in her time on her terms. And I'm like, what else could she possibly need to learn And what is she learning laying in this bed in hospice before Mm -hmm. she can release herself and her soul to the next life? You know, then I go, oh, is it something I need to learn? What is it that I need to learn so that she can be released or we need to learn? So that's my biggest struggle in my head right now about what is that that's keeping her in this? What is not a quality of life place that any of us really want to be at, you know, for a very long time. So. Right, but right. all those things are learnings and all those mm-hmm. things we came to learn, we kind of asked to learn. And so that consciousness helps me to go, okay, let's switch the story here. It's not something happening to me. It's happening for me. And what will become of that? What is that growth for me? You know, we talked about the teacher back in the beginning, that teacher was always in me. It was about five years ago, I had a um, feng shui master do a reading on me. And she said, well, I can tell you right now, you're a teacher. And I'm like, I am a teacher. I'm not a teacher in the school system like my dad was, you know, so I had sort of discounted that I was a teacher. And I'm like, totally a teacher. I'm a spiritual teacher. I'm a passion teacher. You know, I'm just a teacher in a different way. And once I owned that, it felt really good to draw back to all that other conversations about being a teacher years ago. Yes. Yes. Cause when those passions of those things are in you, they will eventually find their way out and it may not look the way you think they were going to look. I was teaching in the classroom at one point as well. And now I'm teaching women online and, you know, and it's just, it just looks different, but it's still, you know, it's still using those same passions. Yeah. So I heard you share a couple of practical things. I always like to give our listeners a couple of practical things. So if somebody's listening right now and they're, they're, Either they're in a difficult circumstance and their spark has gone out, or they are just kind of in a lull place and they're just, you know, they're wanting to kind of reignite that spark. I've heard you talk about changing your perspective and being aware and mindful of, you know, of what you're feeling and where you are. What would be like that next step then for that woman who says, okay, 
I don't want to keep living like this, or I want to to be see a spark coming from this this dark time right now. What would what would be kind of that? Okay, now here's what I can work towards next. So, of course, I'm going to suggest the passion test to help you refocus on what are those five passions, and where do you want to put your powerful intention, and then intention is the next step, right? That so. I coach people because, yes, we can identify our top five passions, but then actually implementing them and making that shift is the challenge. So, Lisa, Lisa, I want to give your viewers, your listeners, uh, a free passion test session to help them find their top five passions. It'll be a one-hour session. Um, You can put the link in the um, subject line when you post this so that people can click on my link and just schedule on my calendar. And I will help them to identify their top five passions. That's wow. the next step to be consciously aware of what those are. And, you know, we call it a simply yet powerful system because really it's almost an affirmation. Most of the time when you find your top five, you go, yeah, 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 that's it. But writing right. it down and owning it is another thing. And then that. actually consciously choosing in favor of those things every day. That takes a lot of practice. That's a lifetime of practice, right? But, you know, I coach people for six months or a year to help them get in to the system of how to do that. And then they take off and and I get wonderful stories back of and watch people. Getting Getting clear on what that is and then starting to believe that about yourself, because maybe those are things that you've kind of pushed down or you haven't wanted to acknowledge or you haven't seen as a gift or a passion or something positive, right? Or... Because we're women and we have families and children to take care of, we ignore and go, oh, we've got to be the caregiver over here. And then like repurpose after 40, you know, perhaps you're now an empty nester and you're going, okay, who was that person before I was a mother? Right. Right. Let's come back and find her and let her blossom now. And I love that. Absolutely love that when women step into their own. Sure, And I know that I'm not the same person now that I was back when I came out of college. And so those things have changed just over time. And so I think this is a great conversation. It's never too late, right? Doesn't matter where someone is to say, what are my passions? And then how can I implement those and, and do something with them? And those passions that you had, like you said, back in college, et cetera, might be different today. So you don't take the passion test just once and never again in your lifetime, we take it annually, right? I have a retreat where women come on annual basis and it's either an affirmation that they're on track with where they want to be, or it's a new revelation of, Hey, things have shifted for me. Like I'm an empty nester now and I'm going to go do X, Y, Z, and this is going to be great. You know, um, I want to eliminate the word retirement from our language. I love that. Right? Why would we want to be retired? Why do we retired again? No, no, not tired. Let's repurpose. Let's reblossom. Let's grow again. What is the next phase going to bring with me? And I learned this because I adopted a senior center as a place to hold workshops. And the people that were members of the senior center, actually, they hate calling it that over 55 center, that, um, that uh, had free access to any workshop that anybody put on in the facility. And they would come to my passion test and go, we, we, don't, we have no purpose after we left our jobs. Like, what do wow. we do? 
right? And the first couple, two, three years might be okay. And golfing and fishing and whatever is good. And then you go, wait a minute, I need more meaning. I need more purpose to be vibrant in this world. And so it is a new time to, to envision your next steps. And where do I, who do I want to become now? We have the power to change ourselves anytime we want, right? I tell people, if you don't like the channel playing in your life, change the channel, change it. Don't like the movie playing in your life, change the channel. It's okay. We can do it. But often we feel like we have to stay where society put us. You're retired. No. Who are you now? That's what I want to know. Exactly. You know, and we've got so much experience and wisdom and insight from those years of everything else we've been doing that I think makes us even more effective at whatever we're doing that we're passionate about. So thank you, Luann, for sharing. I'm excited. My spark is ignited and I trust that those who are listening are feeling that spark right now. And so I want to strongly encourage you to take advantage of doing this passion test with Luann, finding out what your top five are. I mean, imagine what difference that could make in your life to identify those. And then keep that list in front of you, because that's how you can start to implement those passions. And I truly believe that if we have the growth, wellness, and purpose that are all aligned, then we're better going to be able to live out the things that we're called to do, right? So I'm going to offer you a free journaling guide where you can take some time to pause and think about where you are, where you want to be, and some steps to get from here to there. So I will go ahead and drop those links down in the show notes so that everyone can go ahead and connect and really start igniting that purpose and that spark so that you can live a life that you truly love. Thanks so much for listening today. It means the world to me that we could spend this time together. And I can't wait for you to join in the conversations afterwards in our new Facebook group, Women Repurposed After 40, where you can hang out with me, our fantastic podcast guests, and amazing women like you wanting to live repurposed too. Just click the link in the show notes while it's top of mind. And if you enjoyed this episode or think it would be helpful for other women in this stage of life, please leave a review at podchaser.com or right here on this platform. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we talked about today or what you'd like us to talk about in the future. So send questions, comments, or suggestions in a message to Lisa Figgins on any platform. And until next time, remember, keep rethinking your priorities to create a life you love.